The Subscription Box Show, episode 187. Hey, this is Sarah Williams from LauncherBox. And if you want to learn how anyone can start or grow a successful subscription box, then you have to listen to The Subscription Box Show with my good friend, Eric Music. There's a lot to learn when it comes to e-commerce and subscription boxes. Whether you're a new or existing business, your list of questions can seem endless and daunting. Welcome to the Subscription Box Show, where you'll hear high-quality, unbiased views and strategies from top industry leaders. Whether we're talking one-on-one with business professionals or deep-diving into thought-provoking case studies, we'll find the answers to your questions because this is the show you've been waiting for. Now, let's think inside the box with your host, Eric Music. Welcome to the Subscription Box Show. I'm your host, Eric Music, and I want to help you build, grow, and even start your very own subscription box business. Make sure to tune in two days a week as I interview the top entrepreneurs, leaders, and subscription box owners in the industry. You'll be able to take their knowledge, experience, and expertise and apply it to your business. In this episode, I have the privilege to share the mic with a fellow podcaster and a fellow subscription box entrepreneur. The difference between us, however, is that my guest today has found a way to also teach via the course platform her loyal fans. I'm, of course, talking about the founder of Friend by Sarah, aka the Monogram Box, and the Launcher Box and Scale Your Box business courses, and of course, the host of the Launcher Box podcast, the one and only Mrs. Sarah Williams. Sarah Williams' journey started with a brick-and-mortar retail business eight years ago. Her desire to provide her most loyal customers with an exclusive VIP-style experience led her to launch a subscription box back in 2017, pretty much at the height of subscription boxes, right? Despite actually having little knowledge on the subscription industry side of things. A dedication to serving her subscribers and providing an outstanding experience month after month has helped Sarah grow her subscription box business to thousands of monthly subscribers. The consistent reoccurring revenue generated by her subscription boxes transformed Sarah's business and her life. She realized she wanted other entrepreneurs to experience these same life and business changing transformations. That same desire to serve led her to teach other product-based entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and grow their own subscription boxes and enjoy the benefits of consistent reoccurring revenue in their businesses and, quite honestly, their lives. Sarah and her team work with thousands of subscription box entrepreneurs every day with their two programs, Launch Your Box and Scale Your Box. It's Sarah's dedication to serving others, sourcing and creating outstanding products, and consistently streamlining and improving processes that has allowed her to build multiple seven-figure reoccurring revenue streams in only just a few short years. So now you know why I'm so excited about today's guest, folks. She really needs no introduction, but I'm giving her one anyways. Sarah is so great that she wanted to share an amazing free resource to all of you and us, the Subscription Box Show listeners. Sarah told me that the number one question she gets asked is, where do you get your cute packaging from? Now, for the record, Sarah, that's not my first question for you, but I'm a dude, so we'll leave it at that. But nonetheless, it is the top question she gets. So to get access to all the resources and links to her packaging vendors and etc., you can access that by clicking the link in the show notes. So obviously, I'm super excited to get you a chance to listen to my friend Sarah. And by the time this episode ends, my hope is that you also go and subscribe to her podcast, Launch Your Box. Links for that will also be in the show notes. But before we get to our conversation, I need to tell you first about and thank Cornell Content Marketing and Manscaped both for sponsoring this episode. Cornell Content Marketing are experts in copy and offer an all-in-one subscription first bundle for new subscription entrepreneurs. You can certainly visit cornellcontentmarketing.com for more on that and tell Ray and her team that Eric and TSBS sent you. And Manscaped also needs no introduction, but it is the number one grooming and trimming kit for men on the planet. No man who manscapes? Then listen up. This makes an excellent gift, guys. Christmas will be here before you know it. And if you visit manscaped.com and use our unique code TSBS at checkout, you will receive 20% off your purchase. That's simple. And of course, you'll want to get the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Trust me on that one. 
I'd also love to know what you think about this show, this podcast. And I'd like to know more about you and your subscription box. The best way to connect with me and our community is to join our private group on Facebook, the Subscription Box Show Facebook group. There, you can post all of your questions, your feedback, and comments. And either myself or one of the hundreds of other Subscription Box entrepreneurs will be glad to help you. And of course, I'll be talking about the big giveaway there as well. Maybe you heard about it. We gave away five tickets recently to Sub Summit. So congratulations again to you five. Have fun in Dallas. Now, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with the founder and host of Launcher Box and framed by Sarah Monogram Box, the one and only Mrs. Sarah Williams. All right, super excited to have today on the show all the way from North Texas. She is, uh, well, quite honestly, very influential in the subscription space. So I'm very honored to have her on here for myself as a fan of hers as well. She's the founder of Scale Your Box program, Launcher Box program, and Framed by Sarah, which is her actual subscription box. But I think now maybe you would agree with me, Sarah, you're probably more known for your subscription coaching. So that's why I'm super excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Sarah Williams. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. I'm really excited to be here. Super happy to have you on. Super excited to have you on. We're going to get into all of the stuff that you do in the subscription space. But maybe for those who've never heard of Launch Your Box and Scale Your Box programs, and maybe if you don't want to touch on your actual subscription box, feel free to let us know all about those right now. I feel like I have like two little faces of my business. I have my B2C <laughs> business and I have my B2B business. So my B2C business is Framed by Sarah. That's a retail store that evolved into a subscription box. And my box is called the Monogram Box. And so I serve women who love monograms and they want to do something special for themselves every single month. And so that's what my subscription box is all about. Launcher Box is my signature membership program. And it's all about helping someone start, launch, and grow their own subscription box. Through that journey, um, we've started scale your box. So that is the next level to launching your box. Now we've got to scale the box. How do we become more profitable? How do we make more sales? How do we do all the things that we want to do to scale that box? So those are the two sides of my business. Yeah, I love that. We're going to get into both of those for sure. That's the kind of the meat potatoes of the interview. We really want to get into how you're helping either people that are thinking or just started and then people that are, you know, above that. They're looking to scale, to grow their business. So excited about that. But you know, let's back up. Let's go into the early days of Sarah Williams. You're in North Texas now. I'm not sure if that's where you grew up. So maybe talk about that. And how did you end up into this field of subscription? Well, we moved around a little bit when I was in school. So I lived in Texas since I was in sixth grade, but I was born and raised in Kansas. So I went to elementary school in Kansas. My dad was in the oil and gas industry. So we moved around a little bit. We settled in Wichita Falls, Texas, after college is where I settled here. So my business really stemmed from, if we go back, I never like dreamt of being an entrepreneur. Like that wasn't what I dreamt of when I thought about my career. And I went to school, I have a bachelor's degree in marketing. I went to graduate school. Then I went to art school. I feel like I'm a serial learner. Okay. I I just love to learn. And so then it just like, came down to, I got to get a job because I can't keep going to school for the rest of my (laughs) life. I got to get a real job. I worked in retail all through my high school and college days. I went from just being like a cashier to a district manager in a retail business. And so I really love the aspect of just the hustle and bustle of the shopping and all the retail products. I went to work in a cubicle after college thinking I was grown out of retail. I needed to go work. I worked for a mortgage company. I hated every single minute of it. I hated sitting in a cubicle. I hated doing all those things. And I felt like I was aging so fast. Mm. I left and went back and got another retail job. I was a store manager of a large retail chain. And through all that, there was a series of a lot of businesses that were going bankrupt. And it took a different path for me. I went to work for a Fortune 500 company after that and still just felt like I was missing something. Like there was just something missing. And I had gone to art school. I told you I, was, I went to art school. I was an art school dropout. Um, I didn't finish. <laughs> I ended up having children, which was something that my husband and I were looking forward to for a long time. And it finally happened. So I knew that was my, I needed to focus my time on that. Quit going to school, Sarah. You're going to have a baby, you know, go to work and have a baby. <laughs> that was in my mind. 
But as I was working through life, I realized that I just wanted more. I wanted something different. And I went to work for an entrepreneur. So the first time I worked for an entrepreneur versus a corporate business, I really helped her run her business. I was teaching in her business. I was teaching art classes. It's such a long story that we're not going to go into, (laughs) but I was teaching art classes and I really loved it. I love the freedom that working for an entrepreneur gave me. I got to work from home some. I would go to the studio and teach classes on my schedule, not on anyone else's schedule. And I really started to love that lifestyle of not the normal nine to five. And Things happened while I was there and people, you know, started to feel unappreciated. I was growing someone else's business. And one day I just looked at my husband and I said, why am I not growing my own business? Hmm. And that was really the turning point for me. We'd save some money because I know this thing's hard. I know you don't just start a business and make money out of the gate. And I don't know how long that was going to take for me. And so he was super supportive. My parents were super supportive. I had two little babies. I started my business. You know, I went through a period of about nine months of not being able to pay myself. I had a huge retail background. So I knew what I needed to do for having a retail store. I was teaching, I was painting. So I combined those things and I was making a lot of the things that I was selling in my shop. And that went on for a while and finally hit the spot where I was making some money. I hired someone. I wasn't the cashier and the shipper and the maker and (laughs) and the stalker and everything anymore. And so that felt really good. And then I started to have a steady paycheck. And as my business grew, I had a little retail store. I was teaching classes several nights a week. And this Um, is roughly around what time? This is like... This would have been 2013. Okay. I opened my little store. I really did it out of my house for about 18 months. And then the business really grew. And that's when I left the art studio. I opened my little brick and mortar store. It was all of 600 square feet, Eric. It was the tiniest little thing, (laughs) but I needed to get this stuff out of my house. Like I was making stuff on the kitchen table. Like it was down the hall. Like it was every empty surface in the house. I had my stuff on. So I had this little store. What happened was... I thought it was just going to be a place where I could make the things and people would pick them up, but people wanted to shop. So they would come in looking to shop. So now I needed to stock the shelves. (laughs) And then that Christmas, I had a line wrapped around my store, out the building, around the side of the building. And I thought, I need a bigger place. This is crazy. I need a bigger place. People couldn't even get in to shop. And so the next summer, I got a 4,000 square foot retail boutique. Things were taking off. I was able to carry products that I didn't make. So that was kind of the start of that. I needed filler. I didn't have enough hands. I didn't have enough time in the day. So I started buying products for my store and I was personalizing them. So people would come in and they would want their name on something or their initials or their monograms. And that's really big in the South. Like we have this saying that if it's not monogrammed, it's not really yours. Like if it doesn't (laughs) have your initials on it, it's not really yours. And so that was the premise of my shop. It was a personalization. Like I would carry products that you could have personalized and it was different than the big box stores. It was different. You can go into Target and get your cup monogrammed. You can go into Walmart and have your bag with your initials on it. So this made me different and unique. And it was a little niche that I found that really grew rapidly. It was because of that it started my subscription box. Okay. Yeah. And so do you want me to keep going with yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> let's keep going. So this is now so now you've gone from 600 to 4000 square feet. It also went from, you know, like the lesson in business too in here is maybe that, you know, sometimes you got to listen to your customers. You started off by having different things and then stocking shelves with other items and your business kind of morphed into this giant retail business that necessarily wasn't what you originally thought. So sometimes it's okay to kind of, it's maybe overused, but pivot and kind of change with what your customer wants, not necessarily what you envisioned it, um, if that makes sense. That is exactly right. And that is exactly what I tell people. You have to give them what they want. It's so much easier to give your audience what they're asking for than to try to find a new audience for what you want to sell. (laughs) It's just so much easier. The demand for the personalization was really high. Hmm. And what I was finding was that it took me so much quicker time. Like it took me five minutes to personalize something versus five hours to hand paint something. Wow! And I was like, this is dumb. Why am I spending all day (laughs) 
painting this thing for 50 bucks when I can spend five minutes throwing somebody's initials on this sweatshirt and I can make 40 bucks. Like, yeah. Let's do the entrepreneurial math here. Like this yeah. doesn't make any sense. So I started to back off of the painting and I was teaching less paint nights and people still give me a hard time. I miss the paint nights. Well, I don't miss the paint nights. <laughs> um, and so I started doing more personalization. So my business started to grow in that direction. And that's what I became known for in my little town that I live in. And so I opened this big store. We had multiple different vendors in the store. I had clothing vendors, jewelry vendors. Like we had lots of stuff going on. It was like the hub of gift giving and you could get stuff personalized. And it was really great. I had a lot of employees. The business was really growing. We were very profitable. And then, you know, I had this like yearning for a subscription box. I had been watching another company, a large company that had this monogram subscription box. And I would, every month I would look what's in their box this month and I would see it. And then the comments were so negative. And this was back oh, no. in 2015, 16. Okay. So subscription boxes weren't everywhere like they are That's now. Right. And they were, people were just having the worst experience. And I kept looking at this saying, there's no way I could put that in a box for 20 bucks. I can't afford that. Like, how are they cheap? Are they getting this stuff? Mm. Like it, it was blowing my mind. I could never provide something that they were giving for such a low cost. But what I kept telling myself was I could provide a better experience. I could provide a much better experience than I could see that their customer was getting. So I kept watching it and watching it. And I think a year went by, I was still watching it. And I laid at night, I would lay in bed and I would think about what I would put in a box and how cool it would be. And I would make everything match and I would personalize it. And every box would be custom and it'd be so fun. And what I found was I had this customer that would come in about once a month, my repeat customers, and they would be upset because they're like, oh, I saw your Facebook live, but everything you showed is sold out. They weren't getting the stuff quick enough. And so they were my regular customer, but if they weren't on a live when I was selling it, they missed out or they didn't get by quick enough. And I kept thinking, how could I create this VIP experience for my regular customer. Like they come in once a month, I could make a box for them. It would be exclusive. So only the subscribers would get it. It would be the first time anybody would see it. So it wouldn't be like they had been in my store and they bought it already. And I would limit it only this number of people and they would really feel special. And they wouldn't have to worry about catching me live. They wouldn't have to worry about something being sold out when they came in because they were my VIP customer. And so... This was my idea. Finally decided I was going to get it going. Like, stop talking about it, start <laughs> doing it. I think the fear that tripped me up most along the way was the technical side. I think that gets in a lot of people's way. I find it often. Yeah. I was going to ask you what was stopping you because in your mind, you have all these great ideas, but there's mm -hmm. also another part of your mind, you know, for the listeners, right? They're like, man, that's great. I have all this great idea, but how can I put it together? And there's all these different things you start worrying about, right? Yeah. Whether it's the how to's, the logistics. And for you, yeah, okay. It was the how do I set up reoccurring payments? Yeah. How do I make this work? I was primarily in store. I didn't even have an online presence at this point. Okay. So now I had to figure out how I was going to sell stuff online, how I was going to ship this stuff because again, I sold in store. And so that was all tripping me up. All those logistics were like, yeah, it's too much work. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Everything's yeah. fine. I'm making a good amount of money. It's fine. And then one day I had my like Every year I would meet with my web developer and we were getting ready to change my website, you know, the look of it and the style of it. And we got through all everything, our meeting. And he just looked at me and said, okay, anything else you want to do? And I just like <laughs> blurted it out. Like I didn't even like go into this meeting thinking I was going to talk about this. And I was like, well, you know, I want to start a subscription box. And I just said it. And then I like instantly thought, oh, let me take that back. Let me take that back. Cause I just said that out loud. I had never said that out loud to anyone. Oh, no it had kidding. only been my thoughts in my head. And he was like, okay, well, tell me what that looks like. And so I like had three months of vision, like uh, first month we would do this and then we would do this. And so he listened to me tell him about what my vision was for this. He goes, well, if you can get the products and the packaging, I can figure out the rest. We can do this. I can figure it out. I was like, you can? He was like, yeah. <laughs> and so that was January. And by March, I was launching a subscription box. Amazing. 
Yeah, what a story. And I mean, that's how most of these are born. It's from something, some kind of idea we have in our minds. Unfortunately, I think even for, with all the subscription boxes that are out there, I think, unfortunately, there's still so many that could be out there. So if you're listening, you're, something's tripping you up. Guess what? Someone's figured it out before. There's the answers out there. So you know what? Let's take a quick break. We're going to thank today's sponsors. And when we get back, we're going to talk about exactly those kind of things that are out there to help people like Sarah's Launch Your Box and Scale Your Box program. So thanks again, Sarah, for the first part. Let's thank our sponsors. And when we get back, we're going to get into some of these answers to help you launch your own box. This episode is proudly sponsored by Cornell Content Marketing. Hey guys, as subscription box entrepreneurs, I know how many hats we have to wear and how painstakingly hard it is to try to do everything and to do it right. Copy, SEO, ads, organic reach, paid reach, social media, website optimization, lead nurturing, customer retention, and that is just scratching the surface. My point is that sometimes we need to just get some help. Guys, I'm super excited to let you all know about the brand new offer from Cornell Content Marketing, but this is not for everyone. This bundle was specifically created as an all-in-one package to give subscription startups everything they need to hit the market strong. This incredible offer includes the following, a custom SEO strategy, homepage website copy with SEO, an opt-in or welcome email sequence, six custom branded social media templates, an editorial calendar, and three marketing consultation calls. But here's the best part. You can get all of this for only $3,200. Sure, you can try it your way or you can try a proven way. Pay now or pay later. Everybody pays, guys. Cornell has worked with startups turned into massive success stories like Pretty Litter, Real Paper, and Vinebox. Cornell has been featured at Subto events on VNews and this very podcast. So who is this for and why should you check it out? It's for startups who want to build a solid foundation for their subscription box business. Again, it's only $3,200 and you can get more right now by heading over to cornellcontentmarketing.com forward slash subcos. There you can see testimonials and other companies who've been able to grow and scale with Cornell. You'll also be able to book your free consultation with Ray and her team. Links are obviously available in the show notes. Cornell Content Marketing, helping subscription brands since 2017. All right, we're back with Sarah Williams, the founder of Launcher Box Podcast, Launcher Box Program, and Scale Your Box Program. So make sure to, um, if you've never listened to her podcast, go and subscribe right now to Launcher Box Podcast. Very easy. Whatever you're using, just go and search for that in your preferred podcast player and um, check out her subscription box as well. So I think um, we're going to mention all your links and all the things in to how to get a hold of you later on. But also, of course, you're going to be in the show notes. Okay, Sarah, so before the break, we kind of talked about your story, how you got into subscriptions. Eventually, you had a successful retail store where you had some lessons learned there. Eventually, you decided to really level up that customer experience, VIP it up a little bit and launch a subscription box. And this is January to March of 2017. You launch your box with or without a pre-launch. I didn't even know what a launch was. (laughs) Like, I didn't even know. I had no really coaching. Okay. So I had no online coaching when I was in college, marketing was billboards. Like we didn't know, like Facebook was not a thing until later. I didn't learn digital marketing. I didn't learn online marketing. So it was really just self-taught. And at that time, there wasn't anyone teaching anyone how to do a subscription box. So I didn't really have any resources of where to go or what to do. So it was just stumbling Mm -hmm. through Google searches and figuring things out for myself. So I didn't even know what a launch was at that time. I knew that I needed to put it out there and I knew I needed to build some excitement about it. And I knew that my customers would show up. I mean, they were show up for me. I would have 40 or 50 people a night in my paint classes. I would have customers every day in my store. So I felt like I could get 50 people. That was my goal. If I could get 50 people to sign up for the box, that would be a success. And my big goal was a hundred looking back at that now, it's it's crazy, but my big goal was to have a hundred subscribers because that meant I could pay my rent and I could pay my employees. And then anything else I made from the store was profit because it would cover my expenses. Those 100 subscribers would cover my expenses for my employees and my building. And so that was the ultimate goal was just to have that relief of the bills taken off my back because, mm. you know, as a business owner, that's stressful. 
And you have to like wake up and hustle every single day. And I just wanted a little cushion to not have to wake up and hustle every single day to pay the bills and then to make money on top of that. That was like, (laughs) that's not even making any money. That's just like paying the bills. And so I didn't do a pre-launch. I said, here's my mock-up of my box. It was a white box with my logo on top of it. And I put it on Facebook and I said, if you like my store, you're going to love this box. It's exclusive. It's um, the first time you'll ever see it. People that don't subscribe will not be able to get this box. Like I just said, if you like what I do, you're going to love this box. 44 people showed up and bought. That's amazing. And so did you have an existing audience? How did this look like? Um, Obviously you had the store, right? But again, you weren't online. You're transitioning everything online for the first time. Okay. So you want to, yeah. That's the issue. (laughs) I think that most people find, and I find it too with my membership, they create this beautiful subscription box and they've done all the work, but they didn't build an audience before. And so that's the first step. That's number one step. You have to build an audience. I had built an audience. It wasn't a big audience. I had maybe 5,000 Facebook followers at this time. I wasn't selling online. So it's primarily just people in my local town or word of mouth from their friends. And you've got to build that. I spent four years building that little audience. You know, you have to build an audience before you can show up and sell to them and you have to serve them. I always say you've got to serve before you sell. So how do you serve them before you just show up and ask them to buy something? And so I would serve them by talking to them when they come in the store, they would become friends. I would get to know them. I would ask about their families. So it was a relationship. I wasn't asking them to buy before I got to know them. And so here I am now in a very vulnerable state. I'm launching my first ever thing online, launching my first ever subscription box, which is people don't even understand what it is at this point. And I'm asking them to buy from me really for the first time that I've ever done anything like that. And it was a very vulnerable moment to just show up and say, if you like the things in my store, you're going to love this box. And I would love for you to be the first member of the framed monogram box. And so they showed up. I didn't sell out the first month. I sold 44 out of my 50 and they got the box. The feedback was amazing. And I did a box reveal after everyone picked up their boxes and instantly was, how can I get that? How can I get that? How can I get that? And I was like, well, I have six left. You can subscribe now and you can get one of these boxes and you'll also get next month. So I sold out and then I increased it by 25 and I sold out and I increased it by 25 and I sold out and I increased it by 25 and I sold out. So in month four, I had hit my ultimate goal of a hundred boxes. Love it. And from there, it just went crazy. And now we're about 3000 subscribers in and I'm still loving on them. And I'm still providing the same you know, unique VIP experience that I was in the beginning. Things have up-leveled a lot. You know, when you scale, you can buy easier. Your buying power is a lot higher. So I can buy better quality at lower prices. I get exclusive things, custom manufactured things. The experience just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, 100%. And I think just a couple of things. I want to follow up on a couple of things. So number one, when you launch and you mentioned just a white box with just a sticker on it, and I think people get obsessed with like the look and that's important. You have to get there at some point. But Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I think too many people put maybe their energy and their focus on the wrong things, including the, the box. So just, I'm going to ask you like, you know, those 44, those 50 people when you did sell out, did they care about the box? And if they did, you could always let them know that it's going to get better, right? Yeah. I don't think anyone cared about the box. And I knew I couldn't afford that. I knew I was going to have to give up something for that 3 or $4 box. Because in the beginning, when you're not buying a big quantity, that box is expensive. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't afford it at that time. And I teach my members, you know, you got to work with what you have and where you're at. And you don't have to have the big expensive custom box in the beginning. You build towards that. My goal was if I got to a hundred, I would invest in that box. And that's what I did. But you also, you have to look at it like a restaurant. You can go to the nicest, fanciest restaurant, the table setting, everything is great. But if the food isn't great, people aren't going to come back. And that's the thing thing about the box. If the contents inside your box are not good, the package doesn't matter. You can build that as you grow and not have to invest all your dollars in that in the beginning. That's not where I would put my money in the beginning. No, and I would agree. I think that's a great analogy is the the restaurant because we've all been to these great looking restaurants and you come up 
fairly disappointed or whatnot. So, okay, I got another question. So I agree 100%. I think the boxes, people just, you know, hold out because you got die cuts, you got custom prints. There's like upfront costs that are going to factor in the shipping of it, you know, and if you want a good price, you're going to have to buy probably, you know, yeah. 1500, 2500 plus boxes for sure. A thousand plus boxes if you want to mm-hmm. do. So, I mean, in the beginning, just go to Uline, get something simple, put a sticker yeah. on it and you got a cheap box. And plus you're going to have to validate your idea. I mean, what if after, you know, once you get your 50, hundred members or whatever, then you know, you've got an idea and you can put that money coming in towards something down the road and, and let them know you can always communicate that. I guess my follow-up question, Sarah, would have been on for retail. So you had an existing audience with your retail. What would you suggest for someone who's listening? It's like, that's great, Sarah, you had a retail store, but I don't. How would I create, how would I utilize or build my audience? I think I could give them the lessons that I built my second business with, you know? Uh So when I started Launcher Box, it stemmed from people seeing the success of my own subscription box, reaching out, wanting to do one-on-one calls. And I took on a couple one-on-one clients one summer. And when they launched their boxes, I was like the proud grandma. Like they just birthed (laughs) this box and I was the grandma of this box. And it just made me so happy. And that's really how I started Launcher Box. But I had no audience. My audience over here was consumers. They just want to buy the cute, pretty things with their initials on it. They're not starting a business. So I had to start from scratch. And I think it's just hard to start from scratch, but we all have to start that way. So you just have to do it. For me, it was talking to the person. So everything I do with Launcher Box, it is for subscription box owners. So if you are selling knives, you need to talk to knife people. You don't want to talk to gun people. You don't want to talk to bow and arrow people. You want to talk to knife people. And everything in your messaging needs to be about the knife person. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? What are they doing? And when you start to mix all those messages, you're never talking to one person. You're talking to a whole lot of people. And that's where I love niching down, niching down into being able to talk to the knife person, right? Like what is the knife language? And so for me with Launcher Box, everything I did was about a subscription box owner. And so I created email templates for a subscription box owner, not for a product seller, not for an online marketer, not for a retail business, for a subscription box owner. I created templates for a subscription box owner. I create blogs that are specific for subscription box owners. Everything that I did with that audience was for one person. And that's what you have to do when you build an audience because you will attract that one person faster, quicker, and easier than if you try to be too broad because you're not known for anything. And so if I'm a gun person or a bow and arrow person, I may or may not like your page because it's not about me. It's about knives and bow and arrows. And you know it could be about different things. But if I'm a knife person and all you're talking about is knives, then I'm there. I'm I'm engaging, I'm following. And so that's how we have to treat our subscription boxes is who is that one person and how do we talk to them? So all of your posts need to be in that language. I definitely believe that you should have some sort of lead magnet that you can push out into the world to attract that perfect person. And that's what I did. I created an ebook and sent it out Facebook ads and it built my audience. I still don't have a huge audience over there. I'm 18 months into Launcher Box and I have about 8,000 followers on my Facebook page, about 2,000 on Instagram. But you know what? I have 2,100 paying members inside my membership. There you go. I don't need a big audience because right. I have the right audience. Uh, I love and that. so that's what you have to think about when you're starting your business. Who's that one person and how can you attract them? Love it. That's such gold there. I got a question on niching down. You know, you always say niches are in the riches, those kind of things. Is there a way to know if you're niche enough? And I apologize. I don't know if it's because it's a Canadian thing. I'll say niche, but like, is it if you're niche enough or you're not niche enough? Does that make sense? For example, let's just go with the knife example, right? Like, okay, okay, so you've niched down to being a knife person. What if you have to go to a specific kind of knife? There's so many different knives. Is that too niche? Is there a certain thing you would kind of suggest there to kind of like a guideline to know if you've gone deep enough or not deep enough? I think it's all about asking your audience. Uh, So I'm not a knife person. So I wouldn't know that, but I bet a knife person would know that. So you've got to figure out, are you too broad? Are you attracting too many different people? Are you too specific? And there's a happy medium in there. And I think that once you 
nail that. And you may not know that right away. So you may start off broader than you need to be and you're going to niche down. You may start off really too niched and you need to come out a little bit, but it's all about testing and it's all about seeing what you're going to get. If you're too niche down, you're not going to get a lot of followers. If you're too broad, you're not going to get a lot of followers. So you've got to figure out that happy medium. And it's just asking questions and engaging in conversations. And you can't just ask questions and walk away. You got to ask questions (laughs) and then you got to reply and you got to ask more questions and you got to figure out it's the market research. We're so lucky that we get to do it in an online space. Like the market research is so different than it was 20 years ago. And so we have that at our fingertips and we can keep asking questions. And if someone's a knife person, they can talk about knives all day long to anybody, right? It's just like us. We're subscription box people. We can have a conversation about subscription boxes all day long to anybody that would listen to us. And so I think that's the same with your audience. Yeah. You know, great example was your retail store. I mean, you basically did the same thing, started off with painting frames and found out that that maybe was a little too niche. And then you went a little broader and boom, you found a happy meeting there with the monogram. Love it. Okay. So let's get into your programs. We've talked a lot about your subscription box, how you grew it. And that's great. But let's talk about for people listening, whether you're at the stage of the launcher box program or at the scale your box program, I want you to talk about both programs and I'll let you start with whichever one you're more comfortable with. Okay. Launcher box started about 18 months ago and it's a membership and it's a membership because I really wanted a low barrier to entry. I see a lot of high ticket courses out there and for someone just starting out in this industry, you're going to have expenses that you can use that money other places. So for me, it was how do I get them in at a low value and then how do they build on that as they grow? So I know that if somebody comes into my world as a member, they stay for quite a while. And so I'm going to recoup the cost of that high ticket membership over time because of the value that I provide in my membership. And there's not that barrier that they have to shell out a whole bunch of money just to figure out what to do. So when they come into LauncherBox, they may be a brand new business owner. They may be wanting to start their business with a subscription box. We have a lot of that. They could be already a product seller and they want to add a subscription box to their lineup. And that's a great place to start. I love that. So they could be any number. They could already have a box. Maybe they launched, hasn't been super successful, or they just want to figure out if there's a better way to do things. We have lots of subscription box owners in there as well. And everyone's at a different level. So we have people that don't even have a business yet mm-hmm. to people that have two and 3,000 subscription boxes that they ship out every single month. And what they get when they come in launch a box, they get a series of videos on Netflix styles. They can pop in and watch a video about bulk shipping. They could watch about sourcing from China. They could watch about building their audience. So they could just, whatever level they're at, they can jump in and get those resources right away because I do know that people come in at different levels and it's not dropped out. They get it immediately, but they stay, Eric, they stay because of the community. You get all my resources right up front in month one. You could binge watch them and be out, but they stay because the community is amazing. I have thousands of subscription box owners in that membership that share resources, that give each other advice, that help each other through sticking points. When you got a bad day in your business, nobody understands that like other entrepreneurs. Your husband, your wife doesn't understand that. If you talk about that with your friends, every time they ask you to go to lunch, <laughs> they're going to quit asking you to go to lunch. They don't get it like we yeah, do. For sure. And when you get excited because your very first box is here, nobody feels that excitement like we do. And so they stay for the community and the connections in there. The space that I've created in there is very inspiring and motivating and loving. We're community. We could all technically be competition for each other, right? Technically, Technically, but we're not. Yeah. We share everything. We share resources. We share wholesalers. We share packaging information. Like we share everything. So it's just that much less of a hiccup to get started and get going. Love that. And it's kind of like, uh, reminds me of some masterminds I've been a part of, right? Where the community is very, we have an abundance mindset. Everyone's yes. there to help each other out. And I think that's key. And I think the subscription box industry is actually like that a lot. You know, like there's not much of this scarcity mindset. I find it's just an abundance mindset and everybody's out to, to help each other out and to, prove points for to just give out their information to help others out. And I just, it's a beautiful thing. So, and I think part of the membership, you have that community built in because you all have a vested interest with each other. I've yes. been part of that community. So I love that. Okay. So launch your box, 
great program if you're thinking of starting even up to, you know, you said a couple thousand subscribers, yes. but there's probably from there, you know, again, you're probably talking to your members and there's probably a need now for the next level. People do get stuck sometimes, they plateau, and then there's a need for some different information when you're trying to scale than when you're just trying to start, correct? Yeah. So I started Scale Your Box literally about a month ago. Just the need that I was seeing as the community was having so many wins, like they're launching, they're getting hundreds of subscribers, they're building and they're growing. And the conversations with someone that's just starting is a lot different than someone that is scaling. And so I found this push and pull. I show up every week live inside the group and I provide training and resources and information, but I was having this struggle with who do I talk to? Again, it's that one person, right? Do I talk to the new person? Do I talk to the person that's scaling? Am I overwhelming the new person by talking in this Mm. language? Am I providing enough meaty information for the person scaling if I'm talking to the new person? So there was this always like tug and pull with me on what I would go deep with as far as additional training and new training and new resources. So I decided to start Scale Your Box. And it was for anyone that had over a hundred subscribers and they were wanted to go deeper with me. And so we're developing their multi-channel marketing plan for fourth quarter right now. We're going deep with fulfillment. Fulfillment changes when you have 50 boxes versus 3,000 boxes. We're talking in depth about paid ads. That's different when you're at a different level than it is in the beginning. So there's all these different conversations that we get to have and it's a smaller group. So it's a very small, close group. We have pure mastermind set up in there. So they get to work with the same five or six people for a six month time period. So they get to work with someone that's on the same stage as them in their Mm -hmm. business. And so we've just created a new community to have deeper conversations about the subscription box business with them. Love it. And I think there's a need for that for sure. As the subscription community keeps growing and the industry keeps growing, we're going to have people kind of like the, you know, rise a little faster than others. And that's okay. It breeds competition. It breeds all these different things, including these peer led masterminds, which I love. That's a great thing to have. So, well, you know what, Sarah, we could get into all this in forever, but if you want more information, we're going to have all the links, of course, for launch your box program, scale your box programs with Sarah. But do you want to quickly plug where we can get the best way to get hold of you? The best way to find my stuff is launch your box with Sarah. And Sarah has an H on it. Launch your box with Sarah.com. I have Facebook, Instagram, how to start a subscription box. That's my handles. But yeah, all the information, podcasts, blogs, free resources, all the things are on the website there. Yeah. And she shared with me all of the links. So those are all going to be in the show notes. Just go to the show notes and click on one of the links. If you're driving and you can't write down these things right now and you're not too sure that you'll remember, just go to the show notes. It's very easy. And it's weird because I know a lot of people don't go to the show notes for some reason, but it's the easiest thing we always have as podcasters. We always have all the links there. It's just super easy and you can click there. Okay. So with that, Sarah, let's head over to the... Or did you you know what? Actually, let's plug quickly. There's something else you want to offer as well for the listeners, correct? Yeah. So like you asked me, what's the number one question that you get asked as a subscription box owner? And I swear every day, multiple times a day, people ask me about my packaging. I think because it's (laughs) cute and it's turquoise, but people ask me about my packaging all the time. And so I created this packaging cheat sheet. It is literally the links to all the vendors that I use for all the different elements of my packaging. So you can grab it, free resource. You can get the cute boxes. You can get the cute poly mailers, the stickers, the tape, all the things that you want to use for your boxes. I have all the links there so you don't have to hunt them down. Love that. You know how often that gets passed around in Facebook groups is that those kind of questions. So guys, again, click for the link in that one. She's going to give that for free. So that's amazing, Sarah. Thank you for that. So with that, Sarah, let's head over to the unboxing round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Sarah, we now know what your most frequently asked question is. What is the second most frequently asked question you get asked from some of your clients? How do you get started? Like, that's the thing. Like, how do you get started? Or this one is one I love. How do you get more customers? You got to show up. You got to show up for people and you've got to let them in. And you got to, you know, people want to buy from people, not brands. Mm. Yeah. And I think you mentioned that maybe on your most recent episode or one of the most recent ones you're talking about showing up and mm-hmm. and how to do that. So again, I can't plug the podcast enough. Launch your box podcast, guys. Go and subscribe to that one as well. Sarah, if you could hire anyone... So you're a mentor and a coach, of course. Yep. But if you could hire anyone as your mentor or coach, who would it be and why? 
Oh God, that's a loaded question. I don't like to answer that. I have so (laughs) many mentors and coaches that I've learned from all the time. And I think that's the important thing is you got to keep investing in yourself and you've got to keep learning. When you think you know everything and you think you've got it, oh geez, (laughs) you're going to get passed up. So just invest in yourself with someone that aligns with you, your values, the way you want to learn, because we learn differently. So I would just tell you to find someone that's a good fit for you. You mentioned you have a Canadian mentor. Do you want to mention or plug them? Yeah, we can talk about Stu McLaren. So he is a business coach. I'm in his mastermind for many years now. He was the first business course that I ever took. And it was a huge investment for me. It was $2,000 at that time. I had never invested in anything for myself. I took his course and instantly, it's just like what I was saying a minute ago, I aligned with who he was. He had knows nothing about product selling. That wasn't what I was there for. I needed this mindset shift about being Mm. an entrepreneur, about how to show up for my customers. And that's what I found with him. And he's amazing. Sarah, which website platform do you use for your subscription box? I use WooCommerce subscriptions. What is one thing you know now, Sarah, that you wish you would have known when you first started? And you can go either direction here, the launcher box program or with the framed monogram box. I wish I would have dived into Facebook advertising earlier than I did. I think there's a big stigma about subscription box owners that we by our customers. And that's absolutely not true. You can get a lot of customers organically, but I wish it just puts the gas you know, on the fire, right? So if you've already got a good thing, it's just going to help you get further faster. And I wish I would have done that quicker. Yeah. And that's a great point. And I think when something's working, you know, if you do, you know, you're always testing when it comes to paid ads, Facebook's no different. So if something is working, you should probably, would you suggest people triple and quadruple down? Because Yes. (laughs) And just build it in your budget. Start somewhere with whatever kind of budget you have. And then as you grow, you keep upping that budget. Yeah. Sarah, what is the number one trend you currently see with subscription boxes? I think the trend that I see is that It's about the experiences that you're creating for your customer. And it's no longer about the stuff. In the beginning, it was like what you got. But I think now it's really about creating just a high-level experience. People don't need a whole bunch more stuff in their life. They really want to have an experience behind the boxes. So if you can create that with your subscription box, I think you're in the right place. Love that. Sarah, you see a ton of subscription boxes, probably more than most people on the planet. If there was one type of product or box you would say to steer clear of, and there could be zero, but if there was one, what would it be? I don't know if one specifically, but I think anything that would have a liability, like anything that you could get sued for or that there's some kind of huge rules around. It's just a lot of work, a lot of hassle. I would just steer clear to that. I'm always leery of food subscriptions. I know there's a ton of them. So just knowing the rules behind what you're doing, I know there's lots of different things, but I would just steer clear of anything that you could get sued over. Fair enough. Sarah, what is your favorite subscription box, either as a customer or as a company that you respect and look up to? I would be hurt if I told you because there's so many of my members that I subscribe (laughs) to their boxes. I love the pet boxes that I get because what I love about them is they're consumable, right? So when my pet subscriptions come, they have treats, they have toys, my dogs chew them up, they have the treats, and then we're ready for the next box. So my favorite boxes are ones that are very consumable, that they're not just kind of stacking up on you. Love it. Anything in the mix we mentioned with Launcher Box and Scalier Box, anything in the mix other than those programs that you're excited about? I know maybe there's an appearance for a speaking engagement. You're going to be uh, being part of uh, something pretty huge coming up. Yeah. So I'm going to be part of a sub summit with Subta here in September. And I don't think this is going to air before my live workshop this weekend, but it will be available on the replay. So I've got this 
6 and 60 free workshop. It will be live this weekend and then it will be available for you to watch anytime you want to later. But it's how I go through and curate six subscription boxes in 60 minutes. I'm going to walk you through my method that I use twice a year to plan my own boxes so you can really get a visual. Even if you don't know what you want to do yet, I'm going to walk you through the process of how I do it. And hopefully you can get a good vision of what you want your subscription box to be. Love it. So yeah, this will have passed by the time this airs. So what's the best way to get this 6 they'll, and 60? They'll go over to my website and they'll be able to click on that from there. It's called 6 and 60 and you can find it on launcherboxwithsarah.com. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm sure if you just Google Sarah Williams subscription boxes, you'll find it. You'll find um, it. So 6 and 60, look for that. That's going to be gold. For, I mean, a lot of people stress out with curating their boxes and how, yeah. you know, it's a monthly thing. We freak out about it. So I also think, Eric, that it's hard for you to figure out the logistics if you don't even know what's going to be in your box. You can't figure out packaging. You don't know what shipping looks like. Like all the next steps are hard when you really can't even visualize and have a solid plan for what your first six months would be like. Yeah, 100%. Well, there's going to be a ton of gold, guys, from the free resource she has to the paid resources Sarah has. Make sure to go to the links in, in the show notes to go visit Sarah's websites and check out this pod, you know, wherever you are in your podcast and in your subscription journey. Make sure to go check out for sure her podcast, but also like if you're just starting out, go see if it's a fit for you. Launcher Box is a great program. I know a lot of people in my community mention Sarah as something that they really look up to and that has really helped their subscription launch. And now with the scale stuff, I can't wait to see the fruits of that come out with many of hopefully our members that you know go to check it out as well. So Sarah, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate your time, your wisdom and the stuff you're providing for our audience as well, which is the same audience. We're all about helping out subscription brands. So with that, maybe you have one final parting piece of advice for us. My final advice would be just get started. Stop thinking about it. Start doing it. It's going to be messy. It's okay. We get better as we go. But if you never get started, you never have the opportunity to get better. Love it. Yeah. It's such a great point. So with that, thank you so much, Sarah, for doing this. Appreciate again, your time and your wisdom. And yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you at Sub Summit 2021. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Cheers. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Subscription, a box show. As most of you know, I'm a big fan of podcasts. So anytime I have on the show a fellow podcast host, especially one that I listen to, I feel blessed and honored to have them on my platform. So massive thanks to Sarah for coming on and sharing her wisdom and amazing knowledge. And it goes without saying, guys, but again, go make sure to subscribe and listen to Launch Your Box podcast. It's outstanding content and you will not regret it. And if you'd like more on her courses or subscription boxes, you can certainly connect with her via the links in the show notes. So thanks again to Sarah for your time today and everything you put into the subscription box industry. And also big thanks to the proud sponsors of this episode, Cornell Content Marketing and Manscaped. If you're feeling stuck, guys, sometimes a different set of eyes is all you need to get the ball rolling. Visit CornellContentMarketing.com for more. And with Christmas just around the corner, Manscaped also makes an excellent gift. You can visit Manscaped.com and use my unique code TSBS for 20% off there. And make sure to tune in on Friday for the next episode of Focus Friday, where we always tackle a hot industry topic to help you and your business grow. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Eric Music. And remember, words can inspire, thoughts can provoke, but only action truly brings you closer to your dreams. That's all for this episode of the Subscription Box Show. But your next unboxing is only a few clicks away. Head over to the subscriptionboxshow.com to connect with your host on social media or book a call to give your input on today's episode and what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes of the Subscription Box Show. Remember, don't be afraid of change. Be afraid of standing still.